0: You're listening to For Me Podcast. In this podcast, we hear Barry Jones and the southbound Attic Band playing their music and their songs, reading the story inspired by Wind in the Willows. passing there's things to be done blow blow the wind in the willows blow the mist over and let's He said to himself this is better than whitewashing the sunshine struck hot on his fur soft breezes caressed his heated brow and after the seclusion of the cellarage he had lived in so long the carol of happy birds fell on his dulled hearing almost like a shout jumping off all his four legs at once in the joy of living and the delight of spring without its cleaning he pursued his way across the meadow till he reached the hedge on the further side My, oh my, it's a day when you know that it's spring When the sun is as big as a big sunny thing When the last glimpse of snow seems like ages ago If you open your ears, you can hear the plants grow These are the days that I love the best They're the days that I'll always recall The days of our lives, I think you'll agree The very best days of them all Another winter's over and I'm grateful I can say I've survived to enjoy this glorious spring day I've got no time for cleaning and the paint will have to wait I'm as free as a bird and birds don't decorate oh these are the days that i love the best the days that i'll always recall the days of our lives i think you'll agree the very best days of them all i'm sorry if you think that i'm a bit over the top just to be a bit too effusive, and you want but I'll drink in this day till we run out of time and I'll savor it all like the very best wine. These are the days that I love the best. They're the days that I'll always recall. The days of our lives, I think you'll agree. The very best days of them all. The days that I'll always recall The days of our lives, I think you agree The very best days of them all Yes, these are the days that I love the best The days that I'll always recall The days of our lives, I think you'll agree Merry best day of them all That, oh that's just the wild woods said the rat shortly We don't go there very much we river bankers Aren't they, uh, aren't they very nice people in there Said the mole a trifle nervously Well, replied the rat Let me see the squirrels are all right, and the rabbits, some of them, but rabbits are a mixed lot. And then there's Badger, of course. He lives right in the heart of it. Wouldn't live anywhere else either if you paid him to do it. Dear old Badger, nobody interferes with him. They'd better not, he added significantly. Why? Who should interfere with him? asked the Mole. Well, of course, there, uh, there are others, explained the Rat in a hesitating sort of way. Weasels and stoats and foxes and so on. "'They're all right in a way. I'm very good friends with them, "'past the time of day when we meet and all that. "'But they break out sometimes, there's no denying it. "'And then, well, you can't really trust them, and that's a fact.' "'The Mole knew well that it is quite against animal etiquette "'to dwell on possible trouble ahead, or even to allude to it, "'so he dropped the subject. "'And beyond the Wildwood again,' he asked, "'where it's all blue and dim, and one sees what may be hills, "'or perhaps they mayn't, or something like the smoke of a town,' "'or is it only cloud drift?' "'Beyond the wild wood comes the wide world,' said the rat. "'And that's something that doesn't matter either to you or me. "'I've never been there, and I'm never going, nor you either, "'if you've got any sense at all. "'Don't ever refer to it again, please. "'Now then, here's our backwater at last, where we're going to lunch.' Sunlight dapples shady groves And birdsong fills the summer air The Wildwood is a wondrous place Sights and sounds and devil may care But when twilight shadows long Fade in an expectant hush The Wildwood turns into a place Where sprites and found and demons rush In the Wildwood the wildwood. In the wild wood In the wild wood So if you wander there alone And find that twilight time is near you Best beware of everything But most of all fear your own fear In the wild wood In the wild wood In the wild wood Cause in the dark those sights and sounds Which seem to echo daylight's cheer Become the sounds you'll hate the most Which seem to echo your own fear In the wildwood In the wildwood In the wildwood In the the wildwood in the wild And was that just a squirrel there Or a weasel rustling in the scrub Does your mind inform you that It was the sound of Beelzebub In the wild wood, In the wild It wasn't called the friendly wood. It wasn't called the snuggly wood. It wasn't called the lucky wood. It wasn't called the happy wood. It's called the wild wood. It's 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 the wild one. You knew it must come to this sooner or later, Toad, the badger explained severely. You've disregarded all the warnings we've given you. You've gone on squandering the money your father left you and you're getting us animals a bad name in the district by your furious driving and your smashes and your rows with the police. Independence is all very well but we animals never allow our friends to make fools of themselves beyond a certain limit and that limit you've reached. Now you're a good fellow in many respects and I don't want to be too hard on you. I'll make one more effort to bring you to reason. You will come with me into the smoking room and there you will hear some facts about yourself and we'll see whether you come out of the room the same Toad that you went in. He took Toad firmly by the arm, led him into the smoking room and closed the door behind them. In almost every life there are many paths to follow most of us believe that we can choose Some think it's preordained And their lot they have to swallow There's someone else to blame than if they win or if they lose Personality's what we are And it's difficult to change it The theory is we've got that when we're born Behaviors, what we do, our life, how we arrange it—it's the latter in your case which has left me so forlorn. Now every man is born to be the equal of another, regardless of one's color cast or creed. And those that won't believe that every good man is a brother are a woeful misbegotten men indeed. Yes indeed You've reason to be grateful. Here you've money, wealth and land. Your property is the envy of the town. You've provender by the plateful here your life just seems so grand. And yet it's your behaviour which really lets you down. It's time you learn that money's not the measure of a man Integrity and honour are what's important in the end And when you finally show me that you really understand That's when I'll be proud to say you really are my friend Now every man is born to be the equal of another Regardless of one's colour, caste or creed and those that won't believe that every good man is a brother are a woeful misbegotten and indeed Yes indeed. Rat, astonished and dismayed at the violence of Mole's paroxysms of grief, did not dare to speak for a while. At last he said very quietly and sympathetically, "What is it, old fellow? Whatever can be the matter, tell us your trouble, and let me see what I can do." Poor Mole found it difficult to get any words out between the upheavals of his chest that followed one upon another so quickly, and held back speech and choked it as it came. "'I know it's a shabby, dingy little place,' he sobbed forth at last, brokenly. "'Not like your cosy quarters, or Toad's beautiful hall, or Badger's great house. "'But it was my own little home, and I was fond of it. "'And I went away and forgot all about it, and then I smelt it suddenly on the road. "'And when I called, you wouldn't listen, Rat, and, and everything came back to me with a rush. "'And I wanted it, oh dear, oh dear, and when you wouldn't turn back, Ratty, and I had to leave it,' "'Though I was smelling it all the time, I thought my heart would break. "'We might have gone and just had one look at it, Ratty, only one look. "'It was close by, but you wouldn't turn back, Ratty, you wouldn't turn back. "'Oh, dear. Oh, dear.' "'Recollection brought fresh waves of sorrow, "'and Sobs again took full charge of him preventing further speech. "'The rat stirred straight in front of him, saying nothing, "'only patting Mole gently on the shoulder.' After a time, he muttered gloomily, I see it all now, what a pig I've been, a pig, that's me, just a pig, a plain pig. He waited till Mole's sobs became gradually less stormy and more rhythmical. He waited till at last sniffs were frequent and sobs only intermittent. Then he rose from his seat and, remarking carelessly, Well, now we'd really better be getting on, old chap, set off up the road again over the toilsome way they had come. "'Wherever are you going to, Ratty?' cried the tearful Mole, looking up in alarm. "'We're going to find that home of yours, old fellow,' replied the Rat pleasantly. "'So you'd better come along, for it will take some finding, and we shall want your nose.' Times when my home was like a prison, in the winter when the snow was blue and cold, and all I'd want to do is break out and away and follow the open road and follow it through the night until the morning. Stopping only to rest a while and eat And follow it some more, never turning On a journey that would never be complete And then I found the river and I knew where I should stay And I found my companions, brave and true Now all I want to do to be there with you but there's a memory that will never go away and it follows me through the night until the morning it doesn't even rest while I'm asleep and it's not so much a feeling as a yearning for that home that once was a prison home's where the heart is and that's mostly here with you but part of it's in the place where i belonged a shabby little house with a shabby little door and you know i haven't seen it for so long but now i'd search all night until morning to find my house and see it one more time and it's not so much yearning as a burning It wasn't up to much, but it was mine It wasn't up to much, but it was mine It wasn't up to much, but it was mine Mole, I'm afraid they're in trouble Little Portly is missing again and you know what a lot his father thinks of him "'though he never says much about it. "'What, that child?' said the Mole lightly. "'Well, suppose he is. Why worry about it? "'He's always straying off and getting lost and turning up again. "'He's so adventurous. "'But no harm ever happens to him. "'Everybody hereabouts knows him and likes him, "'just as they do old Otter. "'And you may be sure some animal or other "'will come across him and bring him back again all right. "'Why, we found him ourselves miles from home "'and quite self-possessed and cheerful.' "'Yes, but this time it's more serious,' said the rat gravely. "'He's been missing for some days now, "'and the otters have hunted everywhere, high and low, "'without finding the slightest trace. "'And they've asked every animal, too, for miles around, "'and no one knows anything about him. "'Otter's evidently more anxious than he'll admit. "'I got out of him that young Portley hasn't learned to swim very well yet, "'and I can see he's thinking of the weir. "'There's a lot of water coming down still, "'considering the time of the year, "'and the place always had a fascination for the child.' And then there are, well, traps and things, you know. Otter's not the fellow to be nervous about any son of his before its time, and now he is nervous. When I left, he came out with me, said he wanted some air, and talked about stretching his legs. But I could see it wasn't that. So I drew him out and pumped him, and got all from him at last. He was going to spend the night watching by the Ford. You know, the place where the old Ford used to be in bygone days before they built the bridge. (coughs) Some men are born to be a father, some men make it up as they go along. I don't know which I am, but I'd rather be one that got it right than got it wrong. But is it enough just to want it? Or is something special you have to do And if you get it right, should you flaunt it If it's really got nothing to do with you Well I always try to make him independent To get him to stand on his own two feet And then hope it doesn't turn to resentment Those demands that I failed to meet And if he's gone Will he know how much I loved him And how will I know If he's okay Is he a survivor or a victim If he's in danger I would gladly take his place So is this what it means to be a father To love so much you feel your heart will break I've never thought of myself as a martyr But I'd die to make sure that he was safe I'd die for his sake They had many interesting talks together after that as the dreary days went on, and the jailer's daughter grew very sorry for Toad, and thought it a great shame that a poor little animal should be locked up in prison for what seemed to to her a very trivial offence. Toad of course, it is vanity, thought her interest in him proceeded from a growing tenderness, and he could not help half regretting that the social gulf between them was so very wide, for she was a comely lass and evidently admired him very much. If you ask me how it happened, I really couldn't say I'm not prone to rash decisions, it's really not my way But then I can't deny it, even if I tried And if I was forced to make a choice, I would keep you by my side They say that if you love someone you must learn to let them go And so I say farewell, my love, and good luck on the road Good luck on the road Good luck on the road Farewell to you, my one true love, and good luck on the road And if you ever pass this way, and I hope sometime you will I'll prove that I am constant and I will love you still The feelings that I have for you cannot be denied And if you will be true to me, I will keep you by my side They say that if you love someone you must learn to let them go And so I say farewell my love and good luck on the road Good luck on the road, good luck on the road, farewell to you my one true love and good luck on the road. And if you will be true to me I will keep you by my side They say that if you love someone You must learn to let them go And so I say farewell my love And good luck on the road Good luck on the road Good luck on the road Farewell to you my one true love And good luck on the road Good luck on the road, good luck on the road. Farewell to you, my one true love, and good luck on the road. By this time their meal was over, and the seafarer refreshed and strengthened, his voice more vibrant, his eye lit with a brightness that seemed caught from some faraway sea beacon, filled his glass with the red and glowing vintage of the south and leaning towards the water rat compelled his gaze and held him body and soul while he talked. Those eyes were of the changing foam-streaked grey-green of leaping northern seas. In the glass shone a hot ruby that seemed the very heart of the south, beating for him who had courage to respond to its pulsation. The twin lights, the shifting grey and the steadfast red, mastered the water rat and held him bound, fascinated, powerless. The quiet world outside their rays receded far away and ceased to be. And the talk, the wonderful talk, flowed on. Or was it speech entirely, or did it pass at times into song? Shanty of the sailors weighing the dripping anchor, sonorous hum of the shrouds in a touring northeaster, ballad of the fisherman hauling his nets at sundown against an apricot sky, chords of guitar and mandolin from gondola or cake. Did it change into the cry of the wind, plaintive at first, angrily shrill as it freshened, rising to a tearing whistle sinking to a musical trickle of air from the leech of a bellying sail? All these sounds the spellbound listener seemed to hear, and with them the hungry complaint of the gulls and the sea-mews, the soft thunder of the breaking wave, and the cry of the protesting shingle. "'And now,' he was softly saying, "'I take to the road again.' "'Holding on south-westwards for many a long and dusty day, "'Till at last I reach the little grey sea-town I know so well "'That clings along one steep side of the harbour. "'And you, you will come too, young brother, "'For the days pass and never return, and the south still waits for you. "'Take the adventure, heed the call, now ere the irrevocable moment passes. "'Tis but a banging of the door behind you, a blithesome step forward, "'And you are out of the old life and into the new.' Then some day some long day hence, jog home here if you will, when the cup has been drained and the play has been played, and sit down by your quiet river with a store of goodly memories for company. When we're for bound, and if Cape Horn is kind, I'll come right back to Liverpool and the girl I left behind. Overhound, bound, won't you join our gallant crew? This sees my life, my real wife with eyes of limpid blue. Will I hear the call as well? But I've another voice to heed. We're leaving with the tide, and we won't see dry land again till we reach the other side. We're Valparaiso bound, will you come along with me and leave behind the riverside for the glories of the sea? But who will see the snowdrops, harbingers of spring, the crocus and the daffodil? Dragonfly skip from bank to bank. The pipistrelle explore the twilight's gloom. We're Valparaiso bound. We're going to cross the line. And every day a different place and Spanish girls to find. We're Valparaiso bound. Blue beaters flying high. We're sailing in. Wow. The following morning Toad, who had overslept himself as usual, came down to breakfast disgracefully late, and found on the table a certain quantity of eggshells, some fragments of cold and leathery toast, a coffee pot three-fourths empty, and really very little else, which did not tend to improve his temper, considering that, after all, it was his own house. Through the French windows of the breakfast room he could see the mole and the water rat sitting in wicker chairs out on the lawn. "'evidently telling each other stories, roaring with laughter and kicking their short legs up in the air. "'The Badger, who was in an armchair and deep in the morning paper, "'merely looked up and nodded when Toad entered the room. "'But Toad knew his man, so he sat down and made the best breakfast he could, "'merely observing to himself that he would get square with the others sooner or later. "'When he had nearly finished, the Badger looked up and remarked rather shortly, "'I'm sorry, Toad, but I'm afraid there's a heavy morning's work in front of you.' "'You see, we really ought to have a banquet at once to celebrate this affair. "'It's expected of you. In fact, it's the rule.' "'Oh, all right,' said the toad readily. "'Anything to oblige. "'Though why on earth you should want to have a banquet in the morning, "'I cannot understand. "'But you know I do not live to please myself, "'but merely to find out what my friends want "'and then try and arrange it for them, you dear old badger.' "'Don't pretend to be stupider than you really are,' replied the banjo crossly. "'And don't chuckle and splutter in your coffee while you're talking. "'It's not manners. "'What I mean is the banquet will be at night, of course, "'but the invitations will have to be written and got off at once, "'and you've got to write them. "'Now sit down at that table. "'There's stacks of letter paper on it with Toad Hall in the top in blue and gold, "'and write invitations to all our friends, "'and if you stick to it we shall get them out before luncheon.' And I'll bear a hand, too, and take my share of the burden. I'll order the banquet. Some say I'm just a dandy, and, well, vacuous of mind. But I think that I'm elegant, and, well, miraculous at times. Some people seem to like me, and the funny things I do. I know I can be sensible, I can be a buffoon, too. I'm not entirely sure which one is me. Am I a fool, or a clown? Is my smile the right way up, or upside down? Is my bonhomie a mask, like a painted on tear? Or is this vapid show, all there really is to know? Tragedian, comedian, who cares? I really don't know just what I am but I can tell you something, yes I can After studying it closely I've observed a general rule That by and large an audience is essential for a fool And laughter is better if it's shared Stupidity on one's own's a lonely path Cos a joker's not a joker if there's nobody to laugh And what's the use of tragedy if no one sheds a tear And witty words are wasted if there's nobody to hear I'd rather my friends were always there Alone is not a thing I wish to be My friends think I'm a fool and I agree I do incur the wrath, but we end up having a laugh, and laughter after all is the best thing you can have, my good long-suffering friends and me. clown is my smile the right way up or upside down well i really don't care just as long as my friends are there and all that i have i will willingly share with my good long suffering friends and me It's better than working I think you might have seen me lurking Waiting for the moment The moment to strike if there's something that I want i just take it If I'm asked to tell the truth well i fake it and What about this place? God forsake it Anything nice and dying 'Cause I can It's what I like And the nightmare you never knew you had Manifestly everything bad Think you might have seen me before Reflected in a window or a door Recognize me rightly I'm your psyche the moral of this story isn't clear Don't abandon hope all ye who enter here The evil that men do is part of me and you And we're the ones who'll help it disappear So instead of all the backbiting Try reuniting Instead of all the infighting Try inviting instead of being frightened, you'll be enlightened. Yes, instead of being frightened, you'll be enlightened. Yes, instead of being frightened, you'll be enlightened. Sometimes, in the course of long summer evenings, the friends would take a stroll together in the Wildwood, now successfully tamed so far as they were concerned. And it was pleasing to see how respectfully they were greeted by the inhabitants, and how the mother weasels would bring their young ones out to the mouths of the holes, and saying, pointing, "'Look, baby, there goes the great Mr Toad, and that's the gallant water rat, a terrible fighter, walking along him. And yonder comes the famous Mr Mole.' of whom you so often have heard your father tell. But when their infants were fractious and quite beyond control, they would quiet them by telling how, if they didn't hush them and not fret them, the terrible grey badger would up and get them. This was a base libel on Badger, who, though he cared little about society, was rather fond of children. But it never failed to have its full effect. <laughs> over and let's see the sun is an independent production if you'd like to contact us email us at formbypodcast at and we'll share your story